Eivor's varied powers that besieged that sanctuary in the cut, the Winter's Lodge, and sought to claim the power that lay inside for elsewhere too. The entire cut was caught in the tumult of their ambition. And obviously, the jubilant were now right in the middle of it. Shouldn't be a surprise to you to hear that for some, the cut were a better home than Embrace Above. There were many who take dangerous strangeness over the hatred and oppression of the city proper. Rowan were one of them. Nimavid by birth, he were a cousin to Ash. Thanks to his mum's ambitions, he'd grown up to be a provender. And while he'd not taken to his mother's trade, he had to the cut. With an handful of atriums of outsiders, he'd grown an entire garden down there. They spent nearly two years working out what thrived and what didn't in that uncanny ecology. And soon there were all kinds of strange foods flooding the people's ward. Fruits that glowed softly when you boiled them. Tubers that, when you cut into them, unfolded boundlessly. Meats that came up on the bones of trees, already cured. Atrium chefs had a field there, and they were ever eager to cook what came up from below. Then, as we know, that second earthquake hit, and that was the end of the People's Ward. And there went our contact with that garden. We sent runners to find out what happened to him, but not one of them came back. And so, when the jubilant went into the cart, it fell to them to find out what had gone on and help in any way they could. Luckily, that garden had for the most part survived. It tangled and balled itself up in its own roots, pulling the cut around it, and the people who called it home were protected. But those powers hungered for what grew in that garden. At the outside of those roots, they scratched and they scraped. When the jubilant turned up and they found a way in, those powers did too. Welcome to these Flimsy Rituals, an actual play podcast focused on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today is Elizabeth Smotes. Hi, I'm Ziz. You can find me on Twitter at Games. Ryan Evans. Hey, I'm Ryan. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BrainXray. Thryn Henderson. Hey, I'm Thryn, and you can find me on Twitter at Thryn. And Steve Martin. Hello, I'm Steve, and I'm on Twitter at purple underscore Steve. And I'm your host, Adam Dixon. You can follow me on Twitter at @tdixon, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Flimsy Rituals. As usual, all of the music featured on the show this season is from Satin by Kai Engel. And today we are going to be continuing our game of Blades in the Dark by John Harper. So I think last time out, we had left the four of you in the cut. The thing you were aiming to do to start with was to find Roan and his farm. So he was the person who in the initial Ground Itself episodes had been... A number of provender and then had left them because he'd found weird stuff in the cut and wanted to experiment with them and had formed a farm with a character called Renner. And I think where we left you, you just found a sort of portal into where the farm should have been, which was a strange mirror that you all walked through. 
But instead of ending up at the farm, you kind of found this bit where the cut had kind of folded in on itself and fused together. I think this is where we come in. I think you'd found the messenger who had been previously sent to send a message to Roan at Midrib. You'd found them sat in front of this gnarled bit of corridor. I don't think we'd particularly described what this looks like other than that, but how I'm imagining it is Midrib is sat in front of you all, are leaning forward with their hands on a piece of wall. You can see there seems to be a kind of immeasurable sphere of cut stuff in front of you. And I think what it looks like is, do you know when you look at a shell and you can see layer after layer after layer how it's formed? It's sort of just like layer after layer after layer of corridor, all immeasurably thin, all layered over the top of each other. And that's the wall that Midrib is leaning against. I think as you stand here and as you watch them, you can see that with their hands, they are peeling back layer after layer. And I think, Nia, you can still hear the same things from them. You can hear from Midrib them repeating, I've got to find Roan, I need to find Roan. Roan is through here, I've got, I've got to find Roan. And then there's the second voice that you heard sort of surrounding Midrib, which is repeating... Beneath the castings where dawn is grown, we cast you stone, find us roan, over and over. And yeah, that's where you are, that's that's where you find yourselves. Before I ask you what you're doing, I'm not sure we've seen Midrib on screen before. I think they're your friend, right, Ash? Yep. Do, do you have an idea of what they're like, what they look like? Um, They've got sort of slightly pale green tint to their skin and uh hair that's like ropes of kelp um and i think they've they've kind of woven colors and um shells perhaps and things like that into the hair so that it kind of clatters a little bit as they as they move that sounds really good yeah cool so yeah um what are you all doing Ash instantly just runs straight over to them and kind of crouches down in front of them and sort of is looking at them, kind of waving in front of their, their face. And, midrib! Midrib! Midrib, are you okay? Hi, Ash. Oh, hi. Are you okay? I think Midrib nods. Would you like to help me? Um, yeah, yeah. Where, where have you been? We need to peel these away. We need to peel these away. Um, what's... what's through there? Roan. Roan is through there. Oh. Cool, okay. Um, what... what is this? This... I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. It's like... the cut's folded? This... this is... different. They just continue, like, peeling back layers, and I think as you look at it... I think it is... Do you know, like, when you make any kind of layered pastry or bread, you just fold layers over layers over layers. And it's a bit like that. And I think as you're watching, the thing that you notice are these layers aren't static. There's still bits of the cut, there's, there's still like life in them. It's still pieces of the cut that aren't flat if you're in, inside them. It's like each one of these things that they peel away is another corridor, another room, another cave. And you imagine if you tried, you could probably walk into them. But you probably don't want to. 
Um, can I? Would it be possible to use like my my ghost veil to try and break through? Uh, what's your ghost veil? Ours is I can kind of drop into the cut and kind of move mm. through the cut. Yeah. So what I don't want to do here is I don't want to create this scene where you try and puzzle out what to do because I think I think that probably happens off screen. But I, I don't want to pose this as a kind of puzzle that you as a group need to solve. I think yeah. at some point we will make some kind of engagement role and that will probably be you going through this wall, however you want to do that. But I think in terms of just giving us some flavor and some scene, I think maybe Ash tries a couple of times to just kind of shift through these different through this wall and i think each time you do you end up in another one of these corridors and you maybe loop around a little bit and and then you end up back coming out of one of these other folds it's as if there's just a load of loops and incoherent pieces of the cut just knitted together yeah okay maybe give me a gather information roll Maybe a study or a survey or something like that, just to see whether you see anything interesting while you're doing this. I was thinking a tune, actually, if that's... Yeah, yeah. that makes this, sense. This seems this is a weirdness thing. That's a six. That is six. Um, A couple of things you see as you're kind of exploring these corridors. I think the first thing you find is you find a piece of the rocks... Of, of like the corridors that seems to have been mined away there's a lot of bismuth that has been chopped off from the walls and there's maybe like some mining carts and like general mining gear pickaxes stuff like that just left dotted about someone has been mining the bismuth here i think that's what you find and you probably even find a bit where the corridor has collapsed where they've been mining i guess the thing you can kind of put together as you're running through these these spaces is that Maybe the mining of the bismuth has caused some of these tunnels to collapse. Cool. And I think maybe as you're mo moving around the space, you even hear like fragments of other people moving through these corridors. Like you maybe see almost caught in a loop some of the people who have been mining. They don't appear to be wearing any particular uniforms or anything like that, but some of them seem to have a bismuth bracelet around their arm, which you recognise to be the symbol of the bismuth bands, who are a group of people who are kind of like the guides or experts of the cut. Yeah. I think you always see them from far away, or they're like whistling around the corner, or sort of looping in ways that you can't interact with. Cool. And the last group of people you see, because you've got six, I'm just going to give you all of the information that's useful in this scene, is... Midrib isn't the only person doing this. I think you come out at another point and you maybe actually see another of these bismuth bands outside of this sort of like folded piece of the cut. And they are doing the same thing. They are sat down, arms against the wall, peeling back layers. While Ash, I guess, is wandering around, I'd like to talk to Midrib. Okay. Yeah, of course. So I guess while while this is happening, Nia goes to kind of stop Midrib for a moment. Hmm. They so want to know who the other voice is. Does Nia try to physically stop Midrib? I think like not harshly, but more of a like a hand on the shoulder 
kind of a, a, a pause for a second? Yeah, um, I don't think they stop. I, I don't think they will stop unless you stop them. Okay. They, they don't seem to react in any way. They don't seem like they'd be aggressive if you did that. But yeah, like, unless you, like, grab their wrists, I don't think you would stop them from doing this. Okay. Well, I think Nia will grab their their hands. Yeah. And look in, look straight in their eyes. They don't fight back in any way. There's, like, a slight impatience you can sense in them. I think as you try to look into their eyes, they're almost trying to stare past you at the wall rather than you. And you notice this with Ash, like, all the while that Midrib was talking to Ash, like, they in initially turned to Ash and then they just kept peeling away the wall while they were having that conversation. Midrib, who's with you? Um... Who's chanting? I am with a guide. They are going to help me find Rhone. Who Who's the guide? There's someone that is helpful, that knows where Rhone is. They're just saying the same thing over and over again. This, this, this isn't working. I think if you want to get more out of Midrib, uh, you're probably going to have to make a roll of some kind. But Steve took the six already. Yeah. Um... <laughs> The, the reason I mention this now is it's probably worth thinking about how you want to do this. Is this, is Nia going to try and consort a sway or a tune? And that's probably going to set how, how you want to talk to Midrib here. Well, I'm trying to decide whether Nia wants to talk to Midrib or wants to also talk to the guide. Can the guide speak through Midrib? They have a voice in the head and you can, you're still attuned to that. Okay. So, possibly. Yeah, I think um, Nia will try to attune to have a conversation with both of them at the same time. Yeah. And is anyone else doing anything with this or helping in any way? What What are Ezra and Ivar doing while all of this is going on? I got this funny idea in my head that Ivar and Ezra stood at the back like a pair of dads sizing up a DIY job. Yeah, I was just going to say, looking like we're about to build some decking, just, oh, it's going to be a big job. Ivar's got his arms crossed and he's like, I'm no architect, but I think it's going to take a lot to get through there. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't teach you this at the School of Important Buildings. <laughs> Look, I said I'm no architect, all right? <laughs> uh, okay, so so let's go back to Nia for, for the moment. And yeah, it looks like it's just you on your own here. Do you want to push yourself or anything like that? I think it's just a gather information at this point, so I don't think there's any risk to rolling low. Mm. If you'd like an extra dice, I will add a tick to one of the secret clocks I've got. Uh, a secret clock sounds fine. I'm sure they're fine. Cool. Which one are you choosing? One of the short ones or the long ones? Um, let me just see what these are. Let's. I think it's to this four-step clock. Oh dear, that's a short one. Uh, so you get two dice. It's up to you how you want to frame it in that are you talking and listening to the thoughts or are you also thinking at this thing? I imagine Say could get away with just thinking mm. but doesn't know it yet. So probably will be talking. Okay. Uh, make your roll then. 
What? Uh, that's a double six. Two sixes. That's a critical. Holy shit. I think roll 20's broken, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think I think something's wrong. This, these are not the rolls I expect from these flimsy rituals. Wow. Like, on, on a critical, on a double six, you're going to get everything. The first thing you get is who this person is. Let, let's just start there. This is Winter's Yule, the ghost that Ivar met in the cobbles beneath the city. What are you saying? That might help frame this. What do you say to Winter's Yule? I think it's starting with, who are you and why are you looking for Rowan? And then following on with, why are you in my friend? I am with your friend. And I am looking for Roan because Roan has something that is ours. And I think you get a feeling as if whatever was with Midrib was only a part of Winter's Yawl. And I think you suddenly get the feeling that there's more. It's not anything as drastic as a gust of wind or anything like that, but all of a sudden there is a presence here enveloping Midrib. And I think... Anyone in this space that senses spirit is probably very aware of this. Like, if you can see ghosts when they're not manifested, or see spirit when it's not, sort of naturally, you, you see that Winter's Yawl is here. So Ivar, definitely, maybe Ezra, I'm not sure. And yeah, I think Winter's Yawl is here in front of you. Um, So just to remind people who Winter's Yawl is, they are the ghosts that Ivar met below the cobbles. And... They are the one that sort of had their own community of ghosts here. You asked them why they're here, and they, they answered, which is... Because Roan has something that belonged to us. And I think it's as they say that, that everyone in this room is aware that Winter's Yawl is here. Who are you, and why do you interfere? Who are you? What? I, I think as they turn to face you, this spirit, this sense of spirit, seems to linger on you for a moment, and then it notices that Ivar is here, and just goes, You. I told you if you didn't come to Taylor's End, I'd be after you. Why do you interfere with that that doesn't belong to you? Why is your presence here, where it shouldn't be? Alright, I don't know who you are, but I'm banking on you're not a part of Midrib, so why are you where your presence don't belong? Eh? Yeah. We made an agreement, we came to terms. As was just leaning over into Ivar, being like, who the fuck is this? Why are they so weird? <laughs> all right some people lean into the ghost thing all right it's just say so just a thug i am not just a thug i am winter's yawl and i was here before you were and i will be here long after your time is fleeting and mine and my master's is eternal Anyone just suddenly sort of really miss Oaken? <laughs> yeah, no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I 
how is how is midrib right now and can i see is winters y'all somewhat separated to midrib right now or are they still very enmeshed so my impression of winters y'all sort of like spirit is they're very frayed and spread out imagine a ball of twine but instead of having one end it had like 500 of them and i think it's almost before you just had one of those strands attached to midrib and now most of that bulk where everything meets and knots is where midrib is midrib themselves is not reacting in any way i think they're still just peeling at this wall but it's definitely you can sense like the vague shape of a person just sort of stood over where they are I ivar can you can you see this or Ezra? Sorry, what what am I looking at? I think unmanifested, Ezra. You can't see it, but there's an impression that there's almost a whirlpool surrounding Midrib. Okay, that's not how Midrib usually feels. Hmm. All right. Um, I think Ezra looks between Ivar and Winters Yol, kind of shrugs at Ivar as like, Alright, this seems like a personal you thing, so I'm just gonna go walks over to where Midrib is, like cracks their knuckles on their chest, and then just kind of puts their hands on Midrib's shoulders. Okay. And just has a little little feel around, but spiritually. Hmm. Is this you trying to separate Midrib out? I'm trying to s I don't want to separate Midrib out because Ezra is not a weaver, Ezra's only a binder. Sure. They can only take something out and put it in an object so they're trying to take out whatever the thing that isn't midrib is sure what does this look like are you just hands on shoulders and concentrating or are you doing something else um i think it's kind of the same almost the same as watching ezra work on a small machine mm. if the machine were invisible Okay. It's a, a lot of small hand movements and kind of tilting their head around and peeking at things and like running their thumb over something to, to feel whether it's right. But there's, there's just nothing there. <laughs> okay. I think you, you start to get a sense of that there seems to just be something attached almost to Midrib Spirit. It doesn't seem like it's been aggressively attached in any way. It's almost like it's had time to tie itself there. And from what you can tell, Midrib's spirit doesn't necessarily seem to be fighting it. It seems unsure, like Midrib seems unsure, but this hasn't been hostile. They they have agreed to, to work together, though Midrib probably didn't know entirely what the extent of that deal was. I think as you start to try and detach it, I think Winters Yall speaks again and it's like, you do not need to bother with that. This is just one tool of many. If it's important to you, and I think all, all this time they are talking to Ivar above anyone else. <laughs> if it is important to you, I will give you this tool back. As a gesture of good faith. But please do not disturb our works again. What exactly are your works, just so we know what to be not disturbing? Yeah, that's definitely the reason. Yeah, um, 
I'm trying to work out what this is, because this is a double six. Is this just the villain reveals their plan? <laughs> to some degree. Yeah, just, just give us a full monologue, yeah. Like, it's, yeah, like, I think it is. Like, Winter's Yule feels very unguarded in the way they talk. We mean to return embrace to how it once was, before it became this. You fleeting ones come and you dream of revolution and you dream of change, of making your camp in a place that is wrong, but I know how it used to be when Embrace was island and was whirlpool. And Kadroya, that blessed remnant, brought me to be a part of it. And then... The Tainted One came and ruined everything. And while you fight over scraps of what remains of Kadroya's ruins, we will rebuild Kadroya's majesty. We will remove every taint of Rodella. That is something. Okay. Getting a bit tired of properly old bastards telling me to stop bothering doing anything because of how short my lifespan is, I'm going to be honest. No. We are building this for you so that you can know the beauty of life that we lived. Oh, thanks. Hooray. For that, then. Okay, right. I thought, do you want to deal with Sam more? I'm sorry, I've been like laughing on mute for the last five minutes because <laughs> in my head I've got that thing from Malcolm in the Middle with the future is now, old man. I just want to shoot it, but I know it's not it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think Ivor has just been quietly listening all this time and yeah, I think Ivor says... Even winter comes to an end. It's time for you to move on now. This is our time. You can't keep fighting to change things back to the way they were. Too much has happened. Things will be changed back to how they were. Even at this moment, my allies move to turn Embrace back to Alamaya. To be back to the islands it once was. Where remnants can tread and their envoys can bring their blessings to all of humanity. You will know its beauty, given time. And I think if no one stops them, they probably leave at this point. Yeah, I think that's what we'd like. Yeah, they can that's, go away. That sounds grand, yeah. Ivar, your mates are properly fucking weird. You think I go down the pub with Sam? I don't know what you do when you're not around. Ash just appears from behind a rock. Hey, um, who are you all talking to? Don't worry about it. Do you want to check on Midrib? There were a thing. Oh, yeah. And it's gone, so I hope. Yeah, I think Midrib seems to be fine. I don't think Midrib was unaware while that was happening. Hmm. And probably more than anything, looks sort of embarrassed. Um, I guess... Are you all here to find Roan as well? Did, how, how long's it been? How long's it fucking been? 
couple of weeks, is it, since Rowan went missing? Oh, shit. Okay. So that thing seemed to think that Rome was in here. Right, well, we'll get through there. You and I are going to have words later about letting ghosts just piggyback on you wherever, whenever, for weird all right, reasons. All right, it's been but... fucking ages, you know, and I didn't a clue where Rome was, and, you know, I had a job. Give, give me none of well, that. Well, yeah, and all of that's true for us. You don't see us full of ghosts, do you? So... I was just stood behind this room, like, <laughs> yeah. not knowing where to look. <laughs> Ash looking back and forward between Ezra and, and yeah. Ivar. Like. And don't you fucking say anything, Ash. <laughs> I've... And Midriff kind of like huffs off. So, so how are you all going to get through it then? That, that was my best shot. And you went and scared them away just because, what, they were a bit weird. Well, we're all fucking weird, aren't we? Say we're just chanting the same thing. Over. I, I've, I've been listening for like a long time. It was not helpful. You've you never been to one of the matches. Chant, chanting's good, you know. Fucking... I I regret finding you already, and it's been five minutes, Mitri. Well, I regret you finding me as well, so, you know, don't give me out of that. <laughs> How are we going to get through, hey, then? That's, that's, um, what if we all go together so we don't get uh, split off? You're just going to push it? Well, I don't know. Like, every time I try and go in, I just end up in a corridor, and then I get split off into a different direction and then a different direction. So if we all went in together, like in a chain or like... Oh, it'd um, take us bloody ages if we did that, Ash. Yeah, at this point, I think time is becoming a bit of a factor, so... So we blow it up. Incredibly, Ash, actually, that is what I was going to say. I think this is the first time you've actually let me blow something up. Don't get used to it. Okay. Once and once only. Ash just, like, grinned the size of his entire face. Okay, 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 let's do this. (laughs) Okay, so this sounds like we're reaching an engagement role. Uh, before we do that, I should reveal the clock that you ticked, which is for Winter's Yule capturing the gardens. Just so you know what that is, I think you got a double six on that role, so I think that is part of that gathering information. That is what Winter's Yule is here to do. So what kind of engagement are we going for here? I mean, I assume it's assault. It does feel like an assault, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. What's the detail? Point of attack. The wall in front of us. Yeah. The wall directly in front of us. <laughs> I guess specifically here, what are you using to get through it? Is it just a load of explosives? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been given permission to use explosives, so yeah. Yeah. Cool. So when you make an engagement roll, you start with 1D for sheer luck. Is this bold or daring? Seems that way. So you take an extra dice. Um, I think you lose a dice because this target has particular defenses against this like i think this is hard to do and are any of your friends or contacts providing aid or any enemies or allies interfering winter's yule is definitely interfering um i'm trying to work out whether midrib counts as someone that is aiding here or not they sound pretty useless to be honest (laughs) I think I'd like to give you the plus one D, not necessarily for the explosives, but just for the operation in general, because they have seen quite closely what Winters Yule wants and how they're planning to get in. So I think they cancel each other out, which leaves you on one dice. Who would like to make this roll? It's all, all on Ash, our resident explosives expert. <laughs> how are you exploding this, Ash? I think it's just 
putting the explosives around it um, in such a way as to cause as much as much mess as possible, and then getting right back all around the corner. Like this is gonna this is gonna cause some damage. Just see what happens. It might be a complete disaster, but it's a six. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Yeah, I think you. But you move around the corner, having lined up just this horde of explosives. I imagine there's very little precision here. It's just put them in places, see what happens. And yeah, there is this big explosion. I think there's a load of strangeness in the way that this explosion happens. Like, there is a big, loud noise, and then all of a sudden there's silence, and then there are noises that aren't explosions. Like, I don't know, there's a noise like a French horn being played, or like a loud gull's call, and then it's an explosion again. And there's an echo before the noise even happens. And I think you can feel the shake and you can see bits of the cut fray and rupture. But I think when you step back around the corner once the explosion has stopped, you have it. You have a hole in this sort of sphere in front of you. And I think the reason why this is a six and why you got sort of lucky here is because it's not just gone straight into whatever was on the other side. It, there's like a length of corridor that you can go down. And where you emerge is you emerge in this big open space. And the first thing you notice is it's very green. The air here has the same quality as being under a forest canopy. Everything is kind of dappled in these deep green colours. It's kind of a big space filled with like lots of different alcoves and caves going off it, but like the central bit seems to be like one big space, maybe with coming down from the ceiling a load of roots. And it takes you a moment to kind of piece it together or work it out, but you imagine these are the roots of the the castings, which geographically are above this area of the cut. And it looks like Roan and Renna and whoever else is here have built community and a farm in amongst all of these roots. There are some houses lining the cave floor, and I think you can see people moving about both there, and you can see people moving about in some of like the smaller offshoot caves. I think a lot of them seem to be like thin gaps between layers of dirt and sediment. I think though, the thing you notice that's slightly off about this place is, do you know the René Magritte painting of the sort of forest with a horse walking through it, where it's like the gaps between the trees, the gaps between the roots in this case, and the objects don't necessarily line up, so there'll be a bit of someone's body, and then the air will somehow be in front of it, blocking your view of that bit of their body, and then their body and the root will continue. So like in between these roots, it doesn't necessarily line up how you expect. Does that make sense? Awesome. Yeah, totally. And I think... Like, as you move into the space, you're hit with the smell of, like, mud and dirt and farms. And after being in the cut, it's, it's probably quite nice. It probably smells quite like a bee being above the surface here. And you're hit with the noise of lots of people moving around. It seems that this place is a buzz. People don't seem to be farming as you look around. It seems like people are gathering stuff up and very quickly. And the last thing you notice is there is a group of maybe four or five people walking towards you. There are a couple of people at the back who seem to be holding what looks like spirit rifles. They seem to be flanking the rest of the group. There are four of them, and then two people alongside them. 
So the first person is Roan, who is the person you're here to find. I think Roan is almost sort of not really human anymore. I think we described one of the things that he'd been doing in the Ground Itself episode being like experimenting with the strange liquid that he'd found in the cut and how that interacted with all of his humanities and like salamander form. And I think now like Roan is just like a big bipedal salamander. He's got this big pale body that gently glows, almost in a way reminiscent of Rodella, but I think it's like a softer light and bioluminescent. And I think he's got strange multi-lensed eyeglasses on and is wearing a bandolier stuffed full of like strange looking fruits and herbs. And yeah, he he seems to be leading the group. I think alongside Roan is uh, someone who's like a little bit shorter and looks even shorter next to like the bulk of Roan. Uh, she is Rena, who I don't think we've ever described. I think maybe she is sort of like short and a little bit stocky. She is maybe in her mid thirties. I think she's got almost like octopus-like tentacles almost coming round from the back of her head. And I think as she's walking, she's maybe like fiddling with some glasses using those tentacles. I think there is a third person at the back who I think you notice, Ash. They've got like the aura of like grizzled dirtbag dad, like they've got five <laughs> o'clock shadow and they're like wearing military uniform-esque, but worn with none of like the commitment to that uniform. They're wearing it because they think it's cool. Um, I think the thing you notice is that they have a bismuth band around one of their wrists and they seem to be stood a little bit further behind the other two. And as Roan and Rena and this Bismuth Band person and the other couple of people that are holding guns walk up to you, almost from behind Roan, a sixth person sort of appears, and they are tall and broad, and immediately they say, Ivar, I didn't know you were a ghost. It's been four years, and you've been a ghost, and you haven't been to see me. And yeah, Rian steps out. Uh, did, 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 you, did you want to say who Rian is, Ryan? <laughs> Uh, Rian is Ivar's sister. Mm-hmm. And what does Ivar's sister look like? Um, you said she was tall and broad, right? I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, um, she's got quite long, straight brown hair. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar. I I imagine Ivar's hair, but, like, longer and more better taken care of. <laughs> um... Is she wearing a similar kind of cowboy getup? Yeah, I think think like homesteader sort of thing. Mm. Like jeans and a belt and a waistcoat kind of thing is what I imagine in my head. Okay. With like probably like a a low slung holster on the belt sort of thing. Yeah. Maybe even chaps. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely chaps. Let's go for chaps. The thing that I <laughs> definitely imagine is like she's probably got like a big cool scar on her face as well oh yeah that's good um and i also maybe think that her tail would be out and about yeah yeah and uh, maybe like you described her hair as brown it I, I kind of imagine her i think we've spoken about her being older than ivar right maybe she's got like slightly graying hair as well yeah maybe even like uh, I don't want to say, like, the classic rogue kind of thing, but, you know, like, 
one set of stranders all grey down one mm. side of her hair or something. Cool. But yeah, it, it, it's been four years and you've not been to see her. Well, I didn't know you were bloody down here, did I? Not usually anywhere else. You know how it is. If the fetch grimoire siblings weren't out on a boat, they were, they were down here. <sighs> Can't believe you've not been in touch in all this time. Look, I've been dead, all right? It's been hard working out what that means. I don't know how we were going to react. Oh, and is, is that Topaz? She just completely ignores you at that stage and, like, kneels down and, like, Topaz rushes over to her. Yeah. Can't believe you kept Topaz from me for four years. Could deal with you. It was it was a nice bit of peace and quiet, but Topaz, Look, she's as much mine as she's yours. No, Rian, she's my dog. She's always been my dog. <laughs> <laughs> you want to shoot out over it? You, you, you know I always win. Can you even hold a gun Fat. now? You're a ghost. Look, no. <laughs> Topaz is mine, and there's not going to be no bloody shootout over it. And you know it. Mam gave her to me. <laughs> I think, um... Roan steps forward, like, looks at you both, and then it's like... And is that... Ezra Graft and... Ash Pinder? It's been a while since I've seen you. Roan? You, uh... You look good. Roan, did you see that? We blew it up. We blew up the whole... the, the, the wall thing. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, It worked. I can't believe it worked. It didn't half echo. You're, you're free now. You can You can leave. I mean... He means well. <laughs> just, uh, did you see it? It's so cool. It's been a while, Asher. I've missed you, I guess. Yeah, um, hi. I just, I, I don't I don't normally get to do this, so... And you will not again, all right? I said one. It worked. I said one. It worked. Yeah, and let's not push it, all right? <laughs> Sorry about your wall, Rowan. If it gets us... Out or whatever happened. It's good enough for me. Any idea what happened? Was it another one of those earthquakes? I don't know. Cut's all weird around you now. It's all we weird. I don't know. This isn't... It's not my expertise, Rowan. I'll be honest. Ginnels just were getting worried, so... And I had to be down here anyway for unrelated reasons. You probably got his lot to thank for that. Roan nods to Bismuth Band member behind. Those idiots thought they could mine away the Bismuth and nothing would go wrong, but they know there are other ways now, don't they? And the, the Bismuth Band person sort of does a slow nod and kind of like does like a... It's kind of put on edge, but I think is used to being in charge and like carrying a situation, kind of like does a half like step forward and goes, Steed Quarry? Sergeant of the Bismuth Bands. Pleasure to meet you. I hope that gap was as long as it was there. <laughs> I think so, yeah. I think I think there was like a lot of like gritted teeth to say pleasure. Ezra eyes the hand warily, but gives it a perfunctory shake and is like Alright, yeah, uh look, do you lot need an need an hand getting out or what's what's your plan from here? Um, yeah, they are trying to get out. And this is probably what they tell you as you kind of chat and get to know each other. Like, the first couple of forays from Winter's Yawl have probably got through and, like, there have been a couple of attacks. 
And I think both because of the damage by the earthquake down here and also because they seem to be attacked, they are they are looking to get out. If you're able to help us out of here, that would be very appreciated. Um, can I go and have a look around? Suit yourself. If you're able to pitch in, Renneria will show you round as long as you carry a few boxes here and there. I suppose that's better than sitting listening to you lot talk. Okay, yeah, sure. And <laughs> grab, grabs midrib and sort of runs off. Cool. And uh, yeah, I think Renner sort of like runs after you, be like, no, you can't go this, this way. That cave's been done. That cave's been done. It's not important. It's not important. And I think there's space here to have conversations if you want to have conversations. But if not, I guess the challenge here is getting everything packed up before Winter's Yawl gets here. Is there anything anyone wants to do here or talk about or anyone they want to speak to? Yeah, I guess I'm just not sure. Because we obviously have other obligations in the cut. Mm. So we can't just sort of escort them out. I guess we could get them to an exit, though. Yeah, I think like maybe you talk to them a little bit about your plans and why you're here and stuff like that. And Roan generally is probably happy to go along to winter's lodge okay i think roan maybe say something along the lines of we're not looking to go out the cup many of us have found our homes here and i'm not sure if you've noticed but there seems to be a lot of weirdness going on around here i don't know whether you know the name lilium don't ring a bell well how do you explain something like lilium Many of us suspect that there may be the last fragment of Kadroya. They and some others, there's been a couple of other weird forces. They they seem to have started causing trouble. The Nim shifts as well, and they, they nod back to the Bismuth Bands and Steed Quarry looks sort of chastised again. And there were there was some business with some strange bees and Ezra looks weirdly interested in the strange bees i i i get the sense that like roan is very perceptive and probably like looks at you and goes have you come across a hive of them in your travels it might be related to some uh, to some of our activities let's maybe what what went on well um i think it's before my time but some of the community here, they've been talking for a while about a presence, maybe called Mel, that seems to be responsible for some of these bees. And, you know, Rian there, she knows more than a little about Mel. And I guess there's a question here, because we've spoken a little bit about this off screen, but I'm not sure we've spoken about it on screen, but... I think Rian is down here because she has been hunting Mel. And does Ivar recognise the name? Is this something that Ivar was involved in? And does he remember that? Hmm. It depends how long they would have been hunting Mel for. Hmm. I think maybe for like a year or two. Because I, I, I think this is leaning into Ivar. Ivar's sister is one of the shepherds of the royal who are the people that hunt envoys and embrace and i think we've spoken before about ivar having been a part of that group right yeah 
Yeah, before he died. Yeah. Um, well, I think there may be at the mention of that, and when Rowan mentions Rian hunting Mel, I think Ivor would say, um, oh, I'm surprised you didn't bloody catch him by now. Been on his tail for years, and you? Um, Rian's like, her, apparently. Do we know how Ivar died? There, there is the strong possibility here that Mel is why Ivar died. That's definitely going to colour Rian's reaction here, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it would be nice for story if it was. Mm. But I also feel like... I don't know if Ivar remembers how he died. Yeah. We've, we've definitely had a little bit with Ivar around when he died seems a bit fuzzy to him. Yeah. Maybe that's even what Rian says here. And he's like, surprised you don't remember. Oh, you know me, Rian. I've I've, uh, I've slept since then. Oh, I've been dead since then, bloody hell. I think we probably see her. I don't, I don't know whether Ivar notices, but we probably see her almost wrestling with saying something, but then decides not to. But yes, there's more than enough trouble happening down here, and if you're going towards the Winter's Lodge, that's as good a place as any for us to rest up and work out our next port of call. Alright, well I'm not I'm not keen on charging in there with your old crew. There's there's loads of you, but um if you can spare a few for, for going ahead and and making sure it's all right, then. I mean, we're we're going that way anyway. I think this is maybe the point where there is another warning sign that Winter's Yawl is encroaching on this space. You see almost like a tear where the edges of the cavern are, and you see it sort of open. It's like hair thin at the minute, but you can see like a bismuth light shining through it. And you can kind of hear like a thin, whispery howling coming through it. Does uh, does that usually happen? I think Lilium has been trying to make her way into this place, which is why we've been packing up in a hurry. We might have to move sooner than later. All right, grand. And I think uh, Rian has probably like stepped back and is like. All right, now hurry up. And they started clapping and kind of geeing people up. Oh, very well then. Can somebody find out what Winter's Yule wants with this place? Yeah, what's the... Because there's a question I wanted to know about um, what it is that Roan has of Winter's Yule's. Hmm, does Nia say that? Yeah, I guess. Roan... Um, before we leave, when I spoke to Winter's Y'all earlier, Say said you have something of Sayers? I think he sort of like almost looks down over himself and goes, Well, I imagine there's a couple of things someone like Winter's Y'all and Lilium and everyone else would want. If they're anything like the Bismuth Bands, they will want the gardens, thinking that there is magic here, and, well, I guess there is, but without us here, I'm not too fussed about them getting their hands on it. It took us years to get this into proper production, and we can go to any set of the castings and set this up again. 
not worried about them getting their hands on this space. Is there anything that does need protecting or taking or hiding? Well, if they've got any sense, I imagine they'd try and take us. We're the ones with all of the knowledge and all of the... All the ability to farm this place, and I guess also, and Roan, like, starts rummaging, like, in their bandoliers and pulls out a, a flask, which is filled with this, like, shiny, glittery water. I guess also we've got this. And I think, <laughs> Nia in particular, this is, like, the shiniest thing you've ever seen. Ooh. Like, what if glitter cast light? Hell Yeah. I mean, I want that myself, but Nia one hundred percent wants that. What? What is that? Well, the roots over time they they filter the water that lands in embrace and they turn it into this. And this is gonna sound a little bit silly, but I guess the best way I could find to sum it up is this is the liquefied dawn. That's amazing. A bit like the flowers. You know, in the festival of the first light. What if they sapped all of that and it, it came into the water? I've been doing some experiments with it, which is... And, like, they, they hold up their arm. Which is why I've ended up like this. And, yeah, the, the, the blossoms were the ones that, I think, happen once or twice a year and there's a big festival for it. And I think we said that some people in one of the episodes, like, maybe find a way to dry them and use them for, like, street lamps and stuff in some areas. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think I'm also going to tick the clock to two out of four for the gardens captured. Winter's Y'all is getting closer. Well, um, Winter's Y'all seemed obsessed with yep. being here. Maybe we should go. Yeah, I reckon let's just roll out. Off we go. Well, we're going to need to take that. And, like, I think the challenge here is that you're trying to convince a group of people to leave their home quickly. And while, like, I imagine Rian and some other people are like, okay, you, you have to leave that behind. I think some people are arguing to take stuff or pack stuff up. How are people helping here? Ash might be sort of helping lift things because he's just a being of boundless energy. So I think mm. he's loading things onto carts and stuff like that. That makes sense. Is, is this just a scene of you all sort of, like, pitching in and convincing people to leave stuff behind, or...? Well, I was wondering how visible the attempts were. Like, can you actually see the strands of Winter's Y'all trying to find cracks? Yeah, I think you can now. I think there are very obvious cracks just opening in the walls, and maybe just in the air, where you can see, like, hair-thin tendrils of spirit wisping through is there any way to fight back against that yeah if you want to try how, how would nia fight back about against this i mean kind of burn it with light and i don't maybe spirit doesn't work this way but nia's not going to know that <laughs> use yeah. use like nia's ability to glow to kind of cauterize the tears in reality I can see that working. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we've said this before, but I, I almost imagine a lot of Nia's abilities working like something like a weaver. And 
I can definitely assume, even if like Nia doesn't quite know how they're doing it, that's what they're doing. Yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of, well, maybe this will work. This is what you do to normal wounds, sort of. Uh, <laughs> maybe this will work for the air. And Ivar, where are you helping here? Probably in the same way Rian is helping, in like wandering around obviously noticing all these cracks and just sort of hurrying people along saying leave it leave it you don't need it get, get going yeah you can't shoot a crack in the wall so <laughs> um so i think there's two different roles here i think nia's is a setup action to give you all some time to pack up this camp so should we make that one first and then to go from there i would like to take all of the stress and devil's bargains you have yeah, so so you're already pushing yourself to produce the, the light anyway, so you get plus one dice from that. Okay, good. Uh, what would you like to roll? I don't Is it finesse or is it wreck? Like, I could see it being wreck, finesse, or attune. I feel like if you're doing it with wreck, you're probably only going to have limited effect, because I think even if Nia is taking that approach, it probably needs a little bit more attention to almost weave up these cracks and, like, deflect the spirit. I think Nia's really trying, so I would think it's more finesse. Okay, let's go with that. And did you want to take any kind of devil's bargain? Yes. Here? <laughs> All of um, it. Well, wait to hear it first. I think the very obvious thing here is you're going to take like minus relationship with winter's yawl and the death's defiant you're very directly meddling in a thing that say asked you not to meddle with i'm also trying to actually burn away sir spirit right now so it's kind of hostile i can't imagine you coming out of this as friends no matter how it goes not really so controlled standard with what two bonus dice with two bonus dice yeah nice and you should have taken two stress to push yourself as well. Oh, amazing. Well, that's that's a, an interesting set of rolls. I rolled a one, a six, a six, and a one. That's a critical, at least. So yeah, on a critical, you do it with increased effect. So that's great effect. Did you have an idea of what this looks like? Is this near realizing that they're having to almost like weave their light with this these strands of spirit? Is this near learning? say do this yeah i was kind of thinking of it as sarah studying as they go yeah i imagine it doesn't look like a lot to anyone who can't see spirit it just looks like nia's kind of floating and glowing glowing and looking off into space and (laughs) ignoring all of the busyness and what everyone else has to be doing right now I think maybe Roan even, like, looks over at you in a, not a pointed way, but in a very curious way, and he adjusts his lenses. I imagine his glasses are a bit like those glasses you have on when you go to, like, an optician's appointment or something like that, of, like, different lenses you can flick down. And I think he does that a couple of times and, like, looks. There's like a, hmm, and then gets back to packing up crates and stuff. But yeah, you, you manage to just keep Winter's Yawl at bay for a considerable amount of time. So the rest of you, it sounds like you are helping people pack up and like kind of telling them what to do and stuff like that. 
Yeah, it's, I think, part helping pack, part just kind of cajoling and like Ryan said, leave it, leave it, you don't need that. Come on, off you go. Yeah. Get a move on. This sounds like it's a group action between the three of you, and it's up to you who takes point on this. I assume it's between me and Ezra leading. Probably, yeah. Um. So yeah, everyone will get to roll, you take the highest result, and you can have either plus one effect level or improved position because of Nia's setup action. And you're already at controlled standard, so I guess we could make that controlled great. Yeah, we should totally go great, shouldn't we? Probably am pushing myself at this point, I guess. Cool. I will also be pushing myself. Oh, too stress. Ooh. Ezra saving you there. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, if you add mine together, they add up to six. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's one failure, so um, Ivar, you take a stress for that because you were leading the action. And on a controlled, you hesitate. So you can withdraw and try a different approach, or else do it with a minor consequence. Oh, should we just take a minor consequence? I don't think we've got yeah. time to hesitate. Here's with the consequences. So your clock ticks three times, and you tick up to four, so let's just do that mechanical bit first. And yeah, I think you managed to get everyone packed up pretty quickly while Nia holds stuff off and... You race off down the labyrinthine tunnels of the cut. I think it's a while before Winter's Yawl catches up to you. But they will at some point soon. And I think what I'm going to do is at some point I'm going to end up putting you in a risky situation, risky position. But I think it's after a couple of hours. So if there's anything you want to do before that, as... The group of you is walking through these tunnels, trying to find your way to the Winter's Lodge. Then feel free. Um, I think Ash is going to sort of slightly sheepishly say to Roan, um, I think Galena might be wrapped up in all of this stuff somehow. She was talking with or just hanging out with some kind of... I mean, I don't know much about these things, but it seemed like it was some kind of an envoy or some something... What did it look like? Um, like a big centipede spider thing? Hmm. I think that is Lilium. That's bad, right? It doesn't surprise me. The Galena is involved in all of this. Do you know what relation Rowan is with Galena? Oh, I've, I've totally forgotten. Yeah, yeah, he's like a like distant cousin, isn't he? Yeah, Roan is a Nim Ovid, is that right? Oh, yeah. And Polly, like, used to work with the Provenders because Galena probably forced him to. So could be a son? Oof, okay. She kind of threatened me. I think she's going to get my folks involved, and I'm really worried about them. I mean, I'm worried about me as well, but if they find out that I'm involved in all of this stuff... Roan sort of like stops and puts a hand on your shoulder. It'll be alright, Ash. Do you think that Galena didn't threaten me when I walked away to do this? You and me, neither of us, really fit her idea of what she wanted her family to be like. And that's okay. I won't let Galena hurt your family. And I think Roan looks... Probably ahead to like where Ezra and and Ivar maybe are walking. It's like, and I'm pretty sure your friends won't either. Sure, that actually 
Makes me feel better. Thanks. If Galena is involved in all of this, I will make sure she pays for it. Yeah, that's that's uh, the, the scene I wanted, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that seems like scene. Do, do you reckon there's a point where Roan also fetches over sort of like the fetch grimoire siblings? And and maybe like Ezra and maybe Steed Quarry as well. Almost to have a conversation of like, I'm not sure what we're going to find ahead of us. But you said you'd scout ahead, yes. Oh, I seems... Uh, seems like a good idea, given, you know, everything. I agree. I know pretty much about Lilium as, as much as a, a person can, but you two are going to have to fill me in on this Mel business. Is she dangerous? And I think uh, Roan is probably looking at Ivar there. Well... They're an envoy, and they so of course they're bloody dangerous. Uh, yeah, and I think Rian is like the bees are only half of it. I've I've heard of them having other creations, and is all of that oaken business true? What oaken business? Well, <laughs> we've been hearing rumors from the surface that Oaken's back, and Nyadi's dead. I think uh, Rian looks from. Ezra to Ivar. <laughs> I think I, I think <laughs> both of Ivar's eyes have swiveled round to look at Ezra. <laughs> you're a ghost now, but I can still tell when you're lying. What what you're holding from us? I don't know. That's this one. I'm quite happy to talk about Oaken. Look, he's fine. He's probably is probably fine. Probably. Well, I've heard rumours she has a way of making people do a bidding and. If Oaken's one of them, well, there's no hope for any of us, I guess. But you're saying that he's okay. Have you met him? Yeah. Ash is just sort of sat there quietly, just rolling his eyes, and eventually just goes, They're just pissed off because they lost him. Ash, could you just for, like, one day pretend that you are part of the maybe who doesn't just tell everyone everything we're doing every day? <laughs> there are friends. It's... Ezra looks really pointedly at the the business. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, most of them are our friends, but <sighs> sorry. Yeah, I think there were, there were maybe like three or four Bismuth bands standing there now, <laughs> like there's there Steed <laughs> and maybe a couple of others who are who are with him. Ezra just scrubs one hand over their face and is like, "Look, there's a person who may or may not be Oaken, you know, somewhere." And that's the best I can tell you. Can you vouch for him, or is he is he going to be a problem? <laughs> I haven't really seen him in action, to be honest, but uh, he's done all right so far. He killed that fake Oaken. Well, I guess in that case, I'll give him a moment to explain himself before I shoot him. Ezra exhales a very slow stream of smoke before going, maybe give me a minute to talk to him first. And then let him explain himself. <laughs> Maybe give him two or three goes at it before you shoot him. Just let him have a couple of tries. All I need to be sure of is he isn't under this Mel's sway. If he's an asshole in other ways, then that's fine. Well, that is true, yeah. Please don't, <laughs> please don't shoot him. I'd be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> the end, like, sort of, like, nods and is like, no promises, but I'll hold off. 
Ash just got sort of stage whispers. Ezra's got dibs on shooting. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Oaken technically saved my life, so it's all right for now. And anyway, Ash, if anyone was going to kill Oaken, I'm sure there'd be a nice line formed up to have a go, you know? Oh, we could sell tickets. Think of the funding. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I think you spend a little bit of time all sort of having this conversation and what you all come to is there's probably a point in the maze where the paths start to split and you're it's maybe been like half a day of walking and you're at a point where there are a few different ways that you could get to the winter's lodge and in terms of groups of people there are there are you four there is foible with you as well there are probably rian and you know, a few people who are capable of fighting from the farm community. And there's probably, as I said, three or four members of the Bismuth Bands as well. And you could stick to those groups, you could split them up, it depends how you want to go about it. But let's just say, for convenience's sake, that there are maybe a few routes that you find towards the Winter's Lodge that you could investigate. I think there's one that's well known as a main entrance. And I think they talk about it maybe going beneath where Riala's harbour is, which is the temple in Atrium. You kind of go through that space and you go through like an inverted form of Riala's harbour and into and into the Winter's Lodge. There is another way which is, I think Roan refers to it as the Hippocost. And there's like almost a series of hot, dry caves almost sauna-like in appearance that you could get through that way. And that's sort those are those two are kind of the two known routes in. And I think you also find what appears to be a series of almost new tunnels that may or may not lead that way. That could give you a third way in as well. And I guess the question here is how do you want to do this? Are you staying as a group to explore one of these paths while you send the others off or are you, like, splitting yourselves among them? Um, I think stick together. Probably, yeah. Yeah. We should definitely go check out the Inverted Temple. It sounds really cool. Ezra? Come on. Yeah, alright. Yeah, why, why not? What would make me feel better is being upside down. Yeah, exactly. Off, off we go. <laughs> So you're going to explore, like, the main way in? I can't believe you didn't push back against that. <laughs> They're so tired, Steve. They're so, so tired. Cool. And who goes for the unexplored routes, and who goes for the, the hot springs? Um, send bismuth bands the unexplored ways, mm. maybe? Because if it's dangerous and deadly, it doesn't matter if we lose them. Wow. And also, they're probably the best at doing this stuff. I was going to say, yeah, it makes sense because it's their job to be down here, yeah. but I guess Steve's going full brutal. Mm. I'm just thinking about which of these routes sounds like something's going to go wrong, and it's either the inverted temple or the uh, unexplored places. Cool. And then I guess Rian goes towards the, the hot springs. And I think before you all set off, like Rian looks around at you all and is like, you know how we do this. There's no need to get in any fights. I don't know what's half the fun's half the time, isn't it? Okay, sure. If you if you see Winters, you all get in a fight, but take care, I guess. I don't know whether you can become a ghost twice. 
That's ah, alright. Eyes in the back of my head now. I think Rian just does like a little nod and is like, Alright then, we're off. And pulls her crew together. So, yeah, I think you continue down these corridors and it wends and weaves and you slowly pick your way towards where you've been told the temple is. And I think as you're getting closer, you start to hear what sounds like gunshots coming from, I'm going to say upper head, but I think the upper head is like a notion rather than an actuality. I think it's a bit like the explosion. The gunshots are both gunshots and also other sounds, and they're coming from weird directions, but you get the sense that ahead of you there is some kind of fighting happening. And I imagine the gunshots aren't like our gunshots, but are the like the low, lazy zaps of these sort of like spirit pistols. Do you keep going? Continuing, but alarmed. Yeah, cautiously. Hey, maybe we shouldn't have come this way. Oh, it's a bit late now, isn't it? So keep your eyes open. Should I go ahead and check it out? I'm a lot quieter than you lot. No offence. No, because that sounds an awful lot like guns, Ash. So, no. Okay. Thank you for the offer, but no. I think... Are you, are you all continuing ahead? Or are you just pulling back? I mean, we've got to check it out at some point, right? I mean, we got to check it out, yeah. I could uh, just, just send my eyes far. <laughs> yeah, send, send your peepers. Okay. Have a quick peek. I'm not sure what range they've got on Yeah, them. I'm not sure we've established <laughs> that that's a thing you can do. <laughs> yeah, I think I will head up first, though, and okay. maybe, like crouch down behind a rock and have set the eyes peep around the corner sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So this sounds like it'll probably be some kind of roll. Oh, a roll, you say? Yeah, to get there without being noticed by anyone. Maybe a prowl? I mean, the description of prowl seems to make the most sense. Yeah. This is why I was suggesting that, that I went <laughs> extremely good at this. But Ash is a teenager, and those are guns. Yes. <laughs> So are we still controlled? Uh, this is risky. Oh, love it. What's uh, what's the devil's bargain here? Um, if there even is one. I think there is. I think it's a sort of off-screen one, uh, which is... I have a second clock, which is Roan captured, and I get to tick a segment of that clock. It's a six-step clock. I imagine as winters you're all getting closer to Roan's group as you're spending time here. I'll take your devil's bargain. Cool. I will take the clock. And I got a four. A four on a risky. Yes. I think that's okay. Um, So is this you sneaking to the edge and trying to work out what's going on? Yeah, like sneaking out either around the corner or behind a rock, whatever, and just maybe you see the hat come up with the eyes underneath the brim of the hat, like <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> So what, what you find is almost this big inverted reflection of the temple, which I think you've definitely been in because you're in it where you did the voting score. So yeah, it's like a big inverted mirror of that. And I think what you can see, you are maybe the right way up overlooking the main hall. 
and on the roof of the main hall, you can see that there are a group of people. I think most of them appear to be provenders. There's maybe a group of about 20 provenders who are trying to push to the like double doors that are in front of them. And at the same time, I think there are kind of like these big walls of almost strange waxwork curtains that seem to be rippling and attacking them, and the, the sound of the gunshots seem to be them shooting. And I think you, you probably spot another couple of things, like the, there's a smaller group at the back who are maybe a little bit fancier dressed, still appear to be foreigners, but they seem to be like higher-ups. I think as players and as an audience, we definitely recognise Galena amongst that group. Ah, for fuck's sake. Yeah, and I think also we probably spot another couple of people that don't appear to be provenders. I think maybe members of the ministers, and I think there are two of them. One of them is a woman with like curly hair holding an axe, and the other one is sort of like thin person with almost like a typical renaissance mustache and kind of black curly hair holding a guitar and like they they both just seem to be surveying the scene they don't seem to have made their move yet like the provenders seem to be doing pretty well at holding whatever is attacking them off but yeah the general sense you get is that if you want to get in this way you're somehow going to have to get past the provenders nah <laughs> nah <laughs> It's a big nerf from me. Uh... Yeah, I think Ivar slinks back. Cool. I think as you like walk back to where you know the group is, this is where your complication occurs. One of the members of the Death's Defiant, Winter's Yule's group, steps out from, I guess, the wall, and is stood in front of you. And I think you recognise them as the person who identified themselves as not important in the little ghost tavern you were in. <gasps> How could anyone betray me from the nice saloon? I think they're definitely, like, in that sort of, like, standard cowboyish stance and they've got their gun pointed at you. If I'd known you were going to cause trouble, I might have shot you before. Come along with me. Winter's Yule wants to have another word with you. With the little old me. <laughs> you and your companions. Take me to wherever they're hiding. All right. And he only sent you. What do you mean, only? Well, he only sent you. There's like a glower. And you almost like feel the glower as much as see it. <laughs> if I didn't need you, I'd shoot you where you stood. Don't think your fancy tricks in that bar are scaring me. Now go on. Lead the way. And they kind of, like, stand to one side of the corridor and they're kind of waving the gun to get you to pass. Do you know what this lad wasn't expecting? What? Tail gun. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes, yes. Uh... Of course you use it during the ghost shootout. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, what would you like to roll? Hunt. <laughs> and you've got a fine pair of pistols, so you get increased effect. Oh, my very nice guns. So this is Desperate Great, and um, do you want to push yourself, or take a devil's bargain, or anything like that? I'm going to push myself. And mm -hmm. this is Desperate Great, yeah? Yeah. 
Don't get killed. <laughs> Here we go. Four ones. Oof. I got four. Oof. I rolled a four. Also a three and two twos. Oof. Okay, um, so on Desperate you do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer severe harm. A serious complication occurs. You have reduced effect. What's this shot like? I think it's a surprise. Like, I literally think okay. I've got both hands up above my head. And my tail is slinked around the gun, like, around the back of my coat sort of thing. Cool. And then it's come out by the hip. Okay. You shoot. You hit. This ghost also shoots and I think misses because the hit kind of knocks them off. The ghost does actually have a name. It's Micaiah Stave. And Micaiah sort of, like, staggers a bit, grins and goes... Next time I'll be ready for you. Cheap tricks and fades back through a wall. And I think what I'm giving you here is reduced effect because the clock you're kind of ticking here is getting away from Winter's Yawl or like defeating Winter's Yawl. And Micaiah wasn't the way to do that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I think what Micaiah was doing was buying some time because I think as we cut to the rest of the group... As you're sat waiting for Ivar, a group of bismuth bands, but not the ones that were with Roan and that lot, kind of like walk in. Um, One of them is holding a sword, the other one is holding a gun, and you can sense, anyone that can sense this, that Winter's Yule's presence is with them. I think these two people, the two bismuth bands, walk into the room, catching you all off guard. And they look at you all, and as they talk, I think Winter's Yule's voice comes out too. And that's the main voice that kind of dominates here. You nearly got away from us, but you'll take us now to Roan. That's all we're after. Give us the one that has been meddling in Kadroya's affairs, and none of you need to end your life prematurely. You know, I don't really like Winters, y'all. Mm-mm. Yeah, not a huge fan. Nah. We are not trying to mess with you, we just need what is ours. Is there a way to do something like the glowing that Nia does to create a distraction mm. and go away that also is like what Nia did to Winters, y'all to get everyone away and confuse Winters, y'all? I think in the fiction, I can't see why it wouldn't work. We've kind of already had effects like that. So yeah, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Okay, um, in a bit, you're all gonna run? I mean, you, you could do this as a flashback to have a code word. I'm sure we do already, because in, in, in like the very first encounter, Nia did the, the blinding thing. Maybe maybe you've got a new word for this mission. What What's your word? <laughs> Come on, Steve, you get to name it now. Okay, um, cup of tea. What? You just say, anyone fancy a cup of tea? And then you blind them. Or something like that. And, like, if we're in a a, a social situation where that might be normal, (laughs) then maybe we don't. But, you know, any situation where Uh there's danger, if you say tea, then you you do the thing, right? Yeah. I, 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 I can't see how this would ever go badly. (laughs) <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Can 
can't wait for you to like finally get to Oaken and Oaken's like, would anyone like a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> the chances of Oaken offering anything to anyone are less than zero. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So in order to do this, you need to push yourself and. What would you like to use to do this? I think it's wreck, right? Yeah. It, it could also be finesse, which is finesse an item from someone's pocket, employ subtle misdirection or sleight of hand. I don't think I don't think this is subtle. I guess it, this isn't subtle. So yeah, it does sound like wreck. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with wreck and then it'll go badly. Perfect. Is, is anyone else doing anything here? Is anyone helping or? Hell yeah. So bismuth is quite good against ghosts, right? Is that something that's true? Yes. Cool. You don't know whether it is here, but like on the surface, people use it to affect spirit stuff. All right. As soon as Nia drops the code word, Ash just pulls out a chunk of bismuth from his pocket and just wings it at um <laughs> at this bismuth band and just just seeing if he can knock the ghost out of them. Mm. Then Nia, you get to roll your wreck and you get plus one for Ash helping. Good. So I'm on seven stress right now, just to cool. flag. Yeah, same. So are we still in desperate? I think this is risky. Okay. That's a five. Cool. On a standard roll, you're going to tick two clock segments. So let's like make this, you've escaped from Winter's Yule. I think whatever happens here, you have gotten away from Winter's Yule. This distraction works. But going with what's obvious here, I think as you flash and as you all start to run away, the bismuth band with a gun fires and Nia, you get hit. No, say don't. Cool. I'm a protect. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, so Nia, you would have taken this level two harm flickering, but you want to protect? I do, because... I am protective as a custom trauma, and I think seeing one of them maybe about to be shot is definitely a situation that would be upsetting to them. <laughs> you step in to face a consequence that one of your teammates would otherwise face. You suffer it instead of them. You may roll to resist it as normal. Describe how you intervene. Cool. And you also have uh, a new move which helps with this as well, right? You've got bodyguard. Oh, I do! Yeah, I took Bodyguard when I leveled up my playbook advancement. When you protect a teammate, take plus 1d to your resistance roll. That's very cool. Mm. Mm. So yeah, do, do you want to resist this harm somehow? Uh, no, I just let it fly. <laughs> I feel like I should try and resist it, but we're in, we're in a bit of a tight turnaround in this situation. I don't know if I've got time to do anything major you could shoot you could have something that somehow deflects it or something like that mm. i think i don't would i have time to try and shoot this person before they shoot near i can see that being the case like especially with protective like i'm definitely happy to have it as just like you see them about to shoot and you step in the way and take a shot like that feels true to the fiction we've established yeah, I think I'm stepping in the way so Nia doesn't get shot. Yeah. And I'm also very upset about it. I'm going to shoot them. Just shrugging off. Just just, 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 just <laughs> taking a hit and carrying yeah, on. Yeah, shrugging, shrugging off, taking a better hit, and making sure they don't get to shoot again. Uh, so this is a resistance roll. Okay. 
Is it prowess or resolve? Um, prowess is resist consequences from physical strain or injuries. That sounds like that. Yes. So you roll the amount in the column, and then you'll get an extra dice because of you protecting your teammate. And you take the highest roll from uh, six, and that's how much stress you take. Oh, only one stress. Nice. So yeah, um, you, you kind of step in and the shot hits you first. Does it do something weird when it hits like your leaking spirit? I imagine it would, yeah. Maybe it's sort of that. Maybe you take like a level one harm, which is almost vibrant. Okay. Ooh. I think the cloud of smoke around you, where it's kind of gone through the smoke... The smoke has turned into, like, bright, almost bismuth-like colours, and it seems to be, like, interacting with the bismuth around you, and it's, like, very bright and shimmering, and very noticeable. Fantastic. Cool. And, yeah, I think you managed to get, like, a couple of shots off as as you're kind of fleeing this space. Maybe you don't really know if you've hit this person, but it allows you to all get out of this room without being followed. And I think... Where we close this session is after you meet up, you're all heading back to Roan and the rest of the cut farmers. And I think we see Rian's group come back and they tell you, you cannot go that way. There's some great big worms. The worms? <gasps> you do not want to take these people down that way. It's too dangerous. How about your way? And, you know, you, you tell them about the provenders that way and... And then, after a little while, you see from the other tunnels, Steed Quarry, a pair. We found a way in. If you come with us, you can get to Winter's Lodge. Either of your groups find any better way in? Absolutely not. Right. I hear a ghost with a rock. Yeah, he did, yeah. Steed just looks at you like, who is this person? And then it's like... This is your safest way in. I've got the rest of the bismuth bands at different points of difficulty. They'll help everyone get across and navigate through safely, but by the sounds of it, there's no one with guns and there's no great big worms this way. Get in without any of them knowing. Now you come in. <laughs>